Hello and welcome to the fifth installment of Standing Before the Mass podcast. I'm your host, Chris Heaton. We are sponsored by Newport Nautical Supply. And in this episode, my guest is Stefan. Stefan is the dock steward at the Newport Yacht Club. I mistakenly refer to as dock master, but uh, the official title is dock steward. But he performs many of the roles that a dock master does uh, and many more. Uh, Stefan gives us a, a nice glimpse into what his job is like, how he interacts with both members and the general public. And uh, he tells us about the boats he's been involved with, including one very interesting project that involves uh, an old section of dock and an outboard motor. And we get, we get into kayaks, too, somehow. But anyway, I hope you enjoy. Have a listen. Stefan is the dock master. Is that your title? Uh, dock steward is the official title, but dock master of the Newport Yacht Club. Of the Club. Newport Yacht Club here in Newport, Rhode Island. And uh, what, what's your primary role? Uh, being the dock master, uh, that entails um, during the summer months, I manage a staff of about 8 to 10 people and make sure all operations are good to go. And uh, then in the wintertime, I maintain the docks, rebuild... Um, this past winter, we actually did a pretty big um, dock reconstruction um, of our uh, small boat corral, so that, that was fun. But um, I pretty much oversee all outside operations. And uh, How did you so. come to this job? <laughs> um, actually, this is a funny story. I was 14 years old, and my dad had been a member and raced in the Tuesday and Wednesday night racing series. All right. And I was just coming to that age where I was like, I need a job, I need some money. So, my dad said, oh, let me see if the Yacht Club has a, uh, any openings as dock hands. Right. And so I started as a dock hand, and oh. that was 13 years ago. <laughs> and you've been here ever since? I've been here ever since. I came back, uh, even through school, I came back every summer, mm. and then uh, as soon as I graduated, I uh, put in for the dock master position, and uh, it's been that ever since. So you've been around boats since you were a kid? Ironically, no. Oh. No, I've actually, I've, I had never been on, well, I can't say I've never been on a boat. Um, before working here, my grandfather had trawlers and a couple sailboats, but not much boating experience. And the first time I'm driving a boat was here. And right. That, that's another story in itself. <laughs> and you have a captain's license? Uh, now I have a just a limited launch license and my boater's license. Right. Yeah. What's the most challenging thing about your job here? Um... So the most challenging thing I'd have to say is understanding hospitality. Ah. Understanding how to try and make everyone happy, but at the same time, understanding you can't make everybody happy. Right. And that's the downfall, because you want to please everyone, but you just can't. So it's finding that happy medium between doing the right thing, but also trying to accomplish what you need to for the member's sake. But um, overall, it's it's been an absolute pleasure working for the members here. What are the most rewarding aspects of working? So, the probably the most rewarding aspect is having peers compliment me mm-hmm. and just saying that I've done a good job, or really taking what I've done in and saying that that's really awesome, like rebuilding docks and reconfiguring old ways of things and. Coming up in the 
essentially the, the yacht club itself and really making a name for myself here. Have you ever had a docking situation that was sort of like a Rodney Dangerfield and Caddyshack moment or Captain Ron where someone was coming in really hot? Oh, I, I, I could I have a laundry list of them. Oh, so many. So it does happen. Every, every year at least once or twice. I mean, you get boaters that have no idea what they're doing, no line set up. I've had uh, shift gears caught in forward. Ooh. I mean, last year we had the Oliver Hazard Perry... Oh, come yeah. down on the main well, that pier. Wasn't, that didn't originate here. That didn't originate here, but we've had many funny and awful experiences, but everyone's a learning curve for some people, boaters and myself. Right. And it's just been... <laughs> I noticed there's a lot of... There's new apps out, and I don't know if there's more than one that allows people to get dockage on an app. But you also have a, a presumably a book in, in or a computer software of your yep. own, is it? And then you've got people calling on the VHF radio. Do you find it difficult to juggle those things along so, with members being out and coming back early? And... Well, that's that's the big thing about the Newport Yacht Club. Since we have majority seasonal slip holders, we don't have the playroom with renting all of our slips out. We have to wait for maybe a member to go on a little vacation or wait for the weekend to rent their slip out. So I'm at... I don't want to say a disadvantage, but I have a little harder task to fill the slips. Mm. But with these new dock apps, it, technology is really making it easy for me to fill all these slips that I don't have, but <laughs> sometimes I do. And, right. and But the best way that I, I run my dock office is the old school way. I like paper copies. Right. I like having a copy, a big book in front of me. And I can erase a boat in. I can, yeah, I can, I can. My notebook. I can scribble little notes here and there, and that to me, like it's, it's personable. Right. Um, being on like apps, it's it's tough to really know who's coming in and a boat coming into the yacht club. It's all members. Right. But we have some non-members, and it's it's hard to judge that. But talking on the phone, mm. talking on the VHF, you can at least get an understanding of what the boat boat captain's like, what it's gonna be. Have them coming in, coming in, but it's it's. I mean, it's it's hard. It's hard to keep up sometimes. Right. Have you ever had a situation where somebody who was not a member was in a slip, and there was a storm coming, and the member had to get into a slip? And have you ever had a to, few times actually, we've had to. I mean, it's it's. I don't even remember the last time we've actually had to do an, an evacuation of the dock. But I mean, we have members going away for the weekend, and then hey, they want to come back early. Right. So that puts me at somewhat of a disadvantage because i now need to displace somebody or find a place for that member and it's it's all depending on the situation the yacht club member most of the time they're amazing they know exactly yep. what what role i'm in and what position i'm in so they'll absolutely go for another slip yeah just for a night or two and then most of the most of the time the yacht club members are amazing about that yeah i've never really had any really issue with Overbooking right. or kind of yeah. crossing those kind of paths, but overall, it's been. Has anyone ever just come in and tied up and all the time and, and slipped by your radar? By the all doc? the time, really? Yeah. yeah. Um, so we do um, over to Celtica for a beer. We do a do walk the dock every morning, and mm -hmm. that walk the dock it tells us from who goes, who, who is supposed to be there in the morning, and who's not supposed to be in the morning. People all the time, we call them squatters. They always <laughs> middle of the night. Because they know, oh, no one's going to be at the club. Yeah. No one's going to be at the, any marina. It happens all over the harbor. I've talked to a bunch of 
dock masters and managers about this, but people will just throw their boat at the slip at night and hope that they can get out early and early enough in the morning yeah. that we won't arrive. And it's happened before. I mean, even in the middle of the day, it's happened. Like some guy wants to go up to the bar, yeah. and he'll just drop his boat. So I'll I'll play with him. He leaves the keys in it. I'll move the boat to another slip and <laughs> give him a little scare. But uh, we'll have fun with it. But no, most of the time, everyone's on the same page. Are oh, they on board? You know, when you show up at seven a.m. or oh, I've I've wrapped on a few hulls, woken them <laughs> up, and said get out. And it's it's been. Good stories come out of it, but uh, most of the time they're they're really respectful. You don't stand up with an invoice. No, <laughs> oh, I do charge them absolutely, yeah. but it's like first I gotta wake them up. Right. <laughs> that's uh, that's one thing. That's a that's the one thing. Uh, a towel and a, a mallet come in handy. You can uh, wake someone up really quickly that way. Now you have a boat yourself. I have boats. Boats. And Tell I us about. And I don't know how I've acquired all of them. <laughs> um, so. My first boat was a Bristol 21, and this is a little tiny rinky-dink power boat with a 225 Merc on the back. It was gifted to my father and I, and that thing was in rough shape. She was sitting in a yard for 13 years with a, probably about four inches of leaves build up on it, right. And um, but that boat, she was fun. But I recently came into possession of a New York 36 sailboat. And that boat was given to me by an amazing Yacht Club member who um, was ready to depart with the boat and did not want to sell it and go through those means. He wanted to gift it to somebody and give it to somebody that he knew would take care of it. And, and I was the person. And it was a shock to me when he approached me, and I didn't think he was serious i i was assuming there was a hole in the hull or didn't have an engine a free or, boat yeah, yeah. No, no boats ever free <laughs> but know what this was like a just a blessing mm. i i was so thankful and i went down to greenport long island picked the boat up and brought it back home with no problems engine ran great a couple sets of sails on the boat mm. And, oh, um, I thought it was here. It wasn't here. It, you had to go get the. Oh, I had to go to. Oh. It, it was um, Port Long Island. Ah. And I'm not a sailor, really. Right. I, I I just learned how to sail a couple of years ago. I got the. I know I could get a boat to move. Right. But I really didn't. I couldn't. Did not grasp the concept of sailing. Mm. And that was a crash course that day yeah. from Greenport, Long Island. We had. Three squalls around us, circling us. See, you, was... you said us. You didn't do it alone. You know? I, I did yeah. it with my father and uh, one of his friends. But um, so you had some experienced hands on board. Somewhat, but <laughs> <laughs> no. My dad knows how to sail very well, and and he he was huge in the delivery of the boat. And but um, yeah, it was. Uh, it's all been an experience since then. We've learned how to sail. I've learned how to sail, and I've I can work on the engine now. I took a Yanmore class last year, and. Oh, you did the one at Mac Boring. Yep. Yeah. Yep. And yeah, was, I'd, I'd like to do that. It again. was really, really worth it. Now I can at least troubleshoot any problems on the boat. Mm. So that was a big step because if ever I'm out in the bay and something happens, I at least can know what's going on. But um, and hopefully sail it in if I can. But um, yeah, no, that was uh, and currently right now I'm building another boat. Yeah, tell us about that. Built another boat. <laughs> so, uh, a couple people in the harbor have a makeshift pontoon boat. It's just a flat top with an outboard engine on it. And 
I was I just fell in love with it the first time I saw it, and I thought that would be the coolest thing to do a really slow harbor lap, maybe a cocktail in hand, mm. and just putts around the harbor at sunset, a little cocktail cruise. So I made, I found a well, actually, ironically, a couple of years ago we made the dock, and we were getting rid of it at the yacht club, and so I decided to commandeer that said dock and throw a 20-horse Honda on the back of it. As you do. As I do. <laughs> and I literally was, this was just a shot in the dark, didn't know if it was going to work, didn't know the handling was going to be, but this thing is an amazing little work skiff now, and I just yesterday I got a big picnic table and I put it on the on the top and... It looked like it was two sections of fingers married together. So, so because it doesn't, it's it's double the width of yeah. So my what, dock. what that dock was originally used for was uh, when we had the standing pier mm -hmm. uh, before we put the concrete floats in. The we had a just a U-shaped dock that was connected by pins, and once we upgraded and put the new concrete float in, we didn't need those dock sections anymore. So we thought to ourselves, what could we possibly make these? perfectly fine dock sections out of and we actually tried to use it last year as a staging area for the junior members mm. all junior um junior sailing activities right and so they can tie their boats up to them they can use that as their platform to do anything they needed to and what we found was that they just really didn't need it mm. it was too much extra dock for them so at the beginning of this winter um, my, my boss, Rudy said that we didn't need it anymore and we were looking to get rid of it. And so I just, I could, I couldn't, I couldn't <laughs> depart with it. I, I couldn't, I couldn't say no. So I, I've been working on it for like a month now and she's got big plans. She turns, she turns on a dime. Yeah. <laughs> tiki bar, little yeah, so Some of the members want to put a tiki bar and have it as a floating yacht club extension of the bar. But no, I, I'm going to go. There's yeah, one guy natural. that uh, I've seen at the folk festival and jazz festival every year. He he must have found a Hobie cat, mm -hmm. uh, no rig, um, but he he had to do a bit more engineering than you, I believe. And he mounted a uh, long shaft outboard at the stern, and he's got a really long. I think it's just PVC pipe yeah. that he uses as a tiller. So and and he's basically got a white Yeti cooler or yep. something strapped, and that's all it is. And he. I, I, he's been into our shop and I've spoken with him and he gets boarded every year. It's funny because that's where I got my inspiration from was his yeah. boat because I would just I'd watch it go by every day or when he would go by right. and I would just I said I was so jealous of that and so I wanted so bad but I was told yeah every day if you go out on that boat you're gonna be boarded by somebody yeah whether it's the harbor master the uh, DEM or the Coast Guard, so I'll be ready for it. Well, don't feel as though you're, you will have been singled out because I spoke with somebody who is not only a professional captain, but he trains other captains. And he was out in a brand spanking new boat uh, that a, one of his clients uh, had, and they were just going for a morning training session, and they got no further than the Newport Bridge, and they got boarded. And uh, he, he because it's a, a new boat dealership, they have a bag that they transfer from boat to mm -hmm. boat that has all the required equipment, and they were missing one thing, so they of course they terminated the voyage, and yeah. he, he was embarrassed. Uh, but you know, hey. but that was a shiny new you know six figure craft. Yep, yep. So hey, you know what? It happens to the best of us, honestly, and especially. Well, that, this time. I guess the, one of my seamanship questions is you, is for some good people. 
have you ever been boarded by the Coast Guard? Oh, yeah. But that hasn't happened yet. Or... Well, so it, uh, it hasn't happened on that boat, <laughs> but I, I've actually been boarded a few times on different vessels. Mm. And, I mean, it's, it's standard. Yeah. You know what? It's going to happen to everybody right. at least once in their boating career. Um, heck, I, I, we do, uh, on the launch, we do in-water inspection and out-of-water inspection. Right. And that right there, I mean, how thorough the Coast Guard is, I get it. Mm. You know what? It, and especially with, like, patience, our launch vessel, mm. that needs to be completely up to snuff with all the regulations, all the requirements, because if you're not and you ever do need it, yeah. you're going to be just praying that you had that. Right. And and that's that's why they're there. Yeah, it's far from But you know what? It's Again, it happens to the best of us. <laughs> <laughs> I've seen horror stories in the harbor and, and boats getting towed in because they really, really fail the inspection. But Now, you have a great dog. Does he ever come to work with you? So, my dog, is, this is a funny story. When I first got him, um, he's a big Siberian husky. Actually, the biggest Siberian husky I've ever seen. So, with that being said, he has a lot of hair. and Just what you'd expect to see on the waterfront. <laughs> oh, yeah, just a big mountain dog. Um, so, when I first got him, I brought him to work all the time with me. And, and it, it was great, but when the summer starts rolling around, I'm going to have to start keeping him inside just because it just gets too hot for him. But um, he got into the yacht club one day. Well, I was doing some work, and he sat on the yacht club couch because at my home, he's the couch is his, not mine. And he got hair everywhere. He was going through his shed. Oh, dear. Because he dumps his coat twice a year. And, oh, I, the amount of hair, you couldn't, you couldn't pick it up. And I tried <laughs> vacuuming. I, was, I got tape, and I was trying to tape it up and just... So he's more suited for the dock office. He's more suited for outside. I mean, when they found him uh, in Texas, he was actually chained to a tree. So he's an outside dog, oh, and he gets it. But um, yeah, so I'm gonna I'm gonna wait off a little bit, taking him back to the club. <laughs> but yeah, he's a great dog, though. If you could travel in time, when and where would you go? Ooh, that's a good one. Um, I definitely wouldn't go in the future. Yeah, that just, that just scares me. <laughs> I, just, I get that uh, a lot. The the unknown is scary, and I definitely don't want that. But you know what? I'd, I'd probably say the, I don't know, maybe relive the 80s just so I could maybe come up with a few inventions that <laughs> haven't come up with yet and make a couple billion dollars. But uh, uh, I kind of like where we are now with technology. and mm. I mean, I was alive for the first cell phone, and now... They have the craziest iPhones out there, so just being alive for that mm. is an unbelievable time to be alive. And my parents had the brick phone for God's right. sake, and <laughs> and now my phone is yeah. A lot a of depends on who hand. you speak to. It. I find that what kind of boating they're into, they choose a period that best reflects when that the boating that they're most interested in was at its its you know high point yeah i mean I, that's so like I'd, for you it's technology i'd say te absolutely technology is huge for me and it just makes life easier but i would like the simpler lifestyle i do enjoy going up north and getting away and turning my phone off but especially for boating technology is really brought the industry so far right especially with like nav systems now mm. and even like, my boat has the most basic of nav systems, and it's actually probably 10 years old now, but it's still, it's unbelievable. It works great. Right. And 
Yeah, yeah, some of the stuff is pretty unbelievable. I've been on a boat where they had two identical displays that were doing different things, and one person could plant a route on one display and send it over to the other. And then do something and, else on yes. the, the one that, yeah, it's, yeah, it's unbelievable. Yeah, it, it's, it's pretty impressive. I'm not as up on technology as I should be. I'm oh, no, I'm, I'm still just at the basic forms of everything, but still, even that, it just makes life so much easier. For you more of a paper charts divider and parallel rules guy when you navigate or you, you like the technology you like that um well it's all it, it's all dependent on what i can use if right. i know how to use the, the technology if i know how to use the nav system, i absolutely will if i need to figure out where i'm going with the chart and a compass yeah. and i'll do that that's that's actually how i got home from greenport right i just just i hit the buoys going home and i knew exactly what the next one was and i didn't even want to have to figure out the systems on the boat yet right. i just wanted to get home <laughs> and i knew it was going to be an awful ride so i just i actually planned the course out uh the day at, well a couple days ahead of schedule and i figured out my route and i i just did it to the t and everything went great do you have a favorite harbor or cove um if you could take your boat or your your new skiff. <laughs> your new skiff. So actually, the cove in Newport next to Fort Adams is actually one of my favorite coves to go into. It's nice and protected. Down in Brenton Cove. Down in Brenton Cove. Yeah. Um, but Mackle Cove to bring maybe a little bit of a bigger boat to. Mm. I don't think I'm gonna be crossing the channel with that little skiff. Right. No. No. <laughs> I'm gonna be pushing water and maybe uh, flip it. But yeah, definitely uh, Brenton Cove. That's it's a beautiful, beautiful area, and it's just very scenic and quiet. Do you find that boaters, um, for the most part, are pretty respectful for, of the environment, um, given the, the, the opportunity we have to damage it, you know, yeah. between the, the, the building of the boats? Do you think that we're well, good custodians? I, I'd say, for the most part, people are very respectful of the environment. I have seen absolutely atrocious things in this harbor, though. Mm. So... Well, in this particular corner, the southwest. In the, well, in this corner, stuff we do get most of the debris and the rather unpleasant things that the harbor can provide. But um, boaters, I've seen terrible, terrible things, mm. and it sickens me a little bit. But mm. again, I remember when we, we it's, uh, it's tough. In Nineteen, I think, was it eighty-nine? We had an oil spill. Mm. World Prodigy oil spill. I was an assistant harbor master at the time, and and every after that happened, every phone, every cent of oil, people would call call it in, as, and as it, they should. So it, it, you know, it was a horrible thing that happened, but it certainly raised awareness. It raised and, awareness, and, and a lot of boaters seem very keen on helping out. You mm. know, oh, I smell something, or somebody has a little extra go over the side at a. Uh, at a fuel dock, it, it got reported. Yeah. So that, that well, so impressive. now, well, one of the big reasons that I'm very happy that the Yacht Club does not do fuel mm. is because of that reason. Right. It is the regulations and the procedural stuff that go into having a fuel dock is oh, just, it heightens it so much more. And even at that, like, I wouldn't want to get into that ball game. That, no. that, is, that is a tough, like, because every time there is a spill, you, you have to report it. Right. I know people don't. And you've got to have all the cleanup procedures. And like and even kit. even what we have here, we have all the booms for spills. We have all the oil absorbent. Um, those oh I don't know what they're called. The, the, they just pick up oil out of water. Right. And we have that, and we don't even do anything with 
fuel, but we have to. And I and I every time I see any fuel in the water, I try to find where it's coming from. Right. Because one, it looks bad on us, and two, we're ruining the environment that we right. love so dearly and want to boat in. And it's so it's beyond the, the basics, you you do have a pump out though here. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Actually, we're putting in right now for uh, a grant to maximize efficiency and just have all of operations for the pump out just work so much more smoothly because we had a specialist come in last year actually i just wrote this memo today but uh we had a specialist come in last year and uh he advised us that we need to really configure our systems a little differently so we get the maximum maximum pressure for all these boaters coming in because we got to be able to pump this stuff mm -hmm. and pump it into a safe location and we're lucky because we have the right the transfer station next to us and but is that pump out available for members and non-members that's a that's a pump out to members non-members public all oh, right um recreational fishermen recreational boaters everybody um but the only requirement is you just have to get your boat into the slip safely mm -hmm. and that's that's the only requirement we have for um the town itself or excuse me the boating population itself is if you can get your boat in there, you can absolutely use the pump out. Right. But we're not going to try to have a 60-foot boat and a 35-foot slip. Right. So it's all dependent on the boat itself. And and we got plenty of water depth in there, too. So most boats that come in, they're you know, 40 feet, so 40 and under. Back to seamanship for a moment. Have you ever fallen overboard? Of a boat or a dock? Oh, I'll take either. <laughs> <laughs> so I've fallen. I've fallen in because I've done both. Yeah, so have I. Um, so I've, I've actually have not fallen in um, off a boat underway. Well, that's good. Yeah, so that that would be kind of scary. Um, I've accidentally caught myself on a tow rail and flipped over the tow rail, but that's that was we were at anchor. I, mm. I could care less. Um, I've gone in on the dock. Many times. Wow, I and suppose that's, that's a risk of the job. It's a risk of the job. I've caught the Samson posts in the yeah. ankle and mm -hmm. just tumbled over. I've actually uh, I've kicked out a whaler from underneath me. Right. The whaler moved and I didn't, and I just went right oh, in. Was that the classic indecisive moment where yes. one foot is on the dock and yeah. one is on the? I didn't even have a foot on the dock. I I just I was thinking that the whaler wouldn't move, and I kicked that thing so quick and. Oh, yeah, that was a that was a cell phone keys and wallet. Yeah, 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 that that happens. Yep, the trifecta. Yeah, but not not many not many times I've fallen in. It's always a good story though. Yeah, well, I suppose this is related. Have you ever been in a situation that you shouldn't have survived? And it doesn't have to be around the water. Because uh, I look back and I. I think of these things that I did when I was younger and think, yeah. not only was it maybe stupid or just unfortunate, often not of my own doing, but, you know, I shouldn't have come out of that. Yeah, there's a few of them, especially with, like, some I'm wicked embarrassed about, so well, I'm not going to say. Yeah. <laughs> no, that's okay. But, no, yeah, there's a, there's been a few situations where it, it's, it's, I've had to step back after and uh, just take a deep breath and say, thank God that, uh, what, I came out that what would you pack as a picnic for a day out on the boat? Well, that's going to be an extravagant picnic then. All right. I'll have to bring my magma grill. Um, oh, a lot of food. A lot of food. Um, 
So would you say that grill is a, a member of the essential galley equipment? Absolutely, category. absolutely. Yeah. I, I have a um, just a full stock galley in my boat, but the magma grill just brings another dimension to being out on the water. Right. You can grill, you can have a great time. It brings the aspect of backyard grill and beers to a boat. And is I, it gas? I, or I love it, that. Yeah, it's a little yeah. uh, propane tank yeah. um, fitting, and, and it's it's my favorite little thing. I'll even some I have a full grill at my house. I'll whip out the magma and just grill on that because it's just it's yeah. the aesthetics of it. It's, well, they've, they've come a long way, and I remember one of the early ones my dad had on his boat. You know, a puff of wind would blow it out. Exactly. Now you get even cooking across yep. the Yeah, and this this magma grill it was it's huge. It's the biggest magma you can get, and it was actually it was gifted to me by another yacht club member. And that's another unbelievable thing of the job. Things that people don't want anymore, they right. want to give them to me for some reason. <laughs> well, I suppose they approach you before they approach the dumpster. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I, I'm like before the dumpster and and too many things. Kayaks, inflatables. Oh, wow. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So if you ever need an inflatable, come to me. <laughs> <laughs> well, kayaks, I never saw on boats when I was growing up. And now everybody's got them. Everyone has them. You know, yeah. they're, they're, they're cumbersome. They don't... You know, people with inflatables have gone to great lengths to make them roll-ups and fold-ups yep. and all these things. And then what's more popular now, you know, kayaks. two nine-foot kayaks. Well, uh, it's funny because the, the first time the I've seen, so I'm, I love kayaking. Uh, my girlfriend and I go, well, we will be going kayaking a lot this summer. But um, one of the Yacht Club members, he was getting two inflatable kayaks because he can roll them up and store them inside of his boat. And I thought that was the coolest thing. And I asked him, like, how... How do they um, maneuver in the water? And he said, they're amazing. There's a little keel on them. Mm -hmm. And the fact that they make inflatable kayaks now for boaters, or for anybody, but that boaters now can use those, that's... Yeah, I've seen really one that coming up. folds into a, a, it almost its own backpack yeah. that you could take. But I always, I have a, a standard nine-foot kayak, and I, you know, I, it's pretty rigid yeah. through the water. And I always wondered how much give... Would an inflatable would kayak? Inflatable yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I'd, yeah I'd, I like having a uh, more rigid kayak around me because I'm a little bit of a bigger guy. Right. I need some support. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was also thinking about the flex when you when you paddle. If the thing. Oh yeah, you can you know, bend it in half almost. Yeah. yeah. If, if your effort isn't not being transferred fully to the forward mm -hmm. motion of the kayak. But if you had to recruit one person to help you assemble a shed, who would you choose? A shed. Yeah. Oh, that's tough. Well, I'd probably say my dad. Yeah. He's got a lot of building experience, and that shed would be, if not perfect, really, really close. Because yeah. my, the way my dad does work, it's it's methodical, it's thought out. And I'd it's... probably choose my dad, too, because I know once he got to the project, there'd be nothing for me to do, so <laughs> I could go surfing. Hey, that's a good way to put it. Yeah, good, good thought. I uh, could go absolutely. surfing or sailing, yeah. and uh, when I come home, there'd be a shed. That's funny you say that. And that's yeah. not me being lazy. That's just how it would it's, play out. Yeah. <laughs> that's funny. Yeah, my dad and I were doing all these projects growing up, and he'd definitely be the person. What do you think about the novelty flags that people put on their boats? I love them. You do? I love them. Actually, a group of buddies of mine, they... Uh, I know at opening day here, they've everyone's got their everyone's got the dress flag, the dress flags and, in the right order. But then there's always somebody with that it's so that beer stein overflowing. Exactly, yeah, and like it's just it. You can 
personalize an aspect of boating that is so classy, but now you're making it more personable. So, right. I mean, it's like the new 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 York Yacht Club Burgey, the Yacht Club Burgey. Yeah. It, there's there's a there's a higher boating aspect of having a Burgey on your boat, and then you get these guys like us that. We made a burgee for a group of friends of mine, and know what? It's the funniest thing because it's it's our burgee. It's it's our right. flag, and it's it's great. It means and something to you. It means something to us, right. exactly. Um, but I I think yeah. it's the funniest thing when you see people make their own ensigns or flags or burgees. It's it's great. I, yeah, and you see it from different clubs. Exactly. Yeah. Would you ever get on a boat with Billy Zane? Now, Billy Zane was an actor in Titanic, Dead Calm, and Survival Island. Probably. Yeah. <laughs> Never say no. Yeah. I don't know. God hates a coward. Yeah. <laughs> hey, it'll be a it'll be a good story. Now we always have a joke about that because you think that guy's always in movies where boats either sink <laughs> or something horrible happens. Yeah. Hey, it's a learning experience. I'll take a chance. Yeah. Well, thanks for joining me. Hey. Appreciate My it. pleasure. This is, this and if is anyone awesome. listened this long, um, we actually did this on my boat. Yes. So if you see the a halyard clanking, seagulls, <laughs> yeah. uh, and some sirens, <laughs> well, we are close to the fire yeah, station. We're, we're close. So, well, I appreciate fun. it. Thank oh, you. My pleasure. Mm-hmm.